The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility. Gaming resources. What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm Fernando Shimud, and here is your leading the charge. And this Tuesday's episode today is all about what players or which players in this Bills roster must step up to their game so the team can reach the, the level they want. They can reach their awesome goals of coming back to a Super Bowl and win it all this time. So uh, today's episode is is all about this subject. Let me know your opinions via chat or or the in the YouTube comment section. Uh, if you are watching or listening in another moment and not live with me, let me know about your opinion about my list and let me know about your list so we can discuss and 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 see how Bills Mafia is is acting towards this list and which players do they think are the most important ones so the Bills can be successful in 2023. So, uh, without further ado, let's go to my list. I'm going to comment about each and every one of them and let you know uh, my reasoning behind this list. And before I move forward, I'm just, I just want to uh, let you know about... This list is all about the players one. I know... Recently, a lot of people have talked about Sean McDermott and no doubt Sean McDermott, uh, Ken Dorsey and a lot of coaches inside the building uh, must be on, uh, they really must step up and must be on um, on their best this season so the team can reach their goals. But today's episode is all about the players, so my list is all players included there and I might come back in another opportunity to talk about the coaches since they have a, a big time season ahead of them. But today's list all about the players. So uh, I will add them, comment on them, and let me know if you agree, disagree, and your reasoning behind your choices also. All right. Uh, I want to, before I start, let me ask you to hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings channel, and contribute to the leading the chart via uh, sharing the content, commenting on YouTube section because the algorithm really needs your interaction so this show can reach more people, more Bills Mafia, and we can grow together. All right, Mafia, thank you so much for for being with me and, and let me know your opinions. And if you have questions, feel free to ask via chat also. Uh, after talking about my list, I will be able to... To interact and, and answer your questions and so let's move on 
All right. Who are the seven Bills who must step up in 2023 so the team can achieve the Super Bowl, can win it all, can move forward from previous seasons? The Bills have become a, a, a powerhouse in the AFC, have win, have win, uh, they have won the, the AFC East three years in a row now and but it's it's not enough Bills Mafia we really want to come back to a Super Bowl we really want to win it all and we've seen the recently with the Stefan Diggs drama and with the talk especially from national media who wanna start to put pressure on Sean McDermott to move on and to reach another level we've seen uh, the pressure is on these bills have established themselves as, as, as a powerhouse, as a true contender, but they they must get past their their rivals like the Chiefs and now the Bengals. And we know the AFC is just getting stronger and stronger, so it's not gonna get easier. So which players must step up so the bills can can uh, move forward, can finally beat those those opponents? And it's not always about the people who come from outside the building. Uh, the Bills have added a lot of, of uh, players, even though they aren't the, the, the biggest names out there in the market. The Bills have done a lot of additions, a lot of interesting additions, both sides of the ball. Uh, they, finally made, uh, they finally made an effort um, to, to improve the offensive side of the ball. They have uh, chosen to go defense most of the time via drafts, via free agency in the past. And the defense has achieved a nice level, especially during regular seasons. But uh, as we've seen in the 13, 13 seconds episode and last year also, uh, Football has changed, and it's, it's been harder to defenses to win championship, as the old saying, right? Like uh, offenses win games and defenses win championships. I think it's a little bit outdated, and in today's NFL, uh, it moved in the opposite direction. So now the offenses are more and more important, and defenses they they aren't really capable of being dominant for entire games or entire playoff runs. And all they need to do is to really be uh, prepared to get some, get out of the field in important situations, in specific situations, or create some important turnovers during games. But it's really it's uh, it has become harder and harder to dominate an entire game to keep a a, a Super Bowl or a conference championship in a long score game. So the Bills, uh, it seems like McDermott being they have grown with their experience and they started to, to think more about moving in another trend and, and give weapons to Josh Allen. And you will see in my list how I really put more pressure on offensive side of the ball players than defensive side of the ball, just because, in my opinion, uh, it's really more important nowadays. I think uh, you can't expect our defense even if it's the number one ranked defense, even if it's a dominant defense, you can't expect them to to hold uh, Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or other uh, great quarterbacks and offenses 
below 20, 23, 25 points uh, in a playoff game. It's really difficult to do. And, and that's why I think the offense um, really needs to step up. And that's why I really put more pressure on offensive players than defensive players, right? So I will start my list talking just about players. And let me know if you agree, disagree. And so here we go. Number seven, the seventh player who must step up in 2023 so the Bills can achieve their goals and finally win the AFC and come back to a Super Bowl. Uh, my guy, second-year player, cornerback Kair Elan. I think Kair Elan uh, is really important for this team, is really important for this defense, and he's the seventh guy that must step up in 2023. Uh, that's a guy with cornerback one potential. All right, that's a CB one potential guy. And even though he's in a competition and his starting spot isn't guaranteed right now, and he has some, some capable guys competing with him, with also second-year player uh, Christian Benford, who impressed as a rookie and is physical, he tackles well, and seems like a guy who's really smart and works really hard. And... Dane Jackson has established himself as a, a, a dependable cornerback, a guy who's, despite his limitations, his obvious limitations in size and athleticism, that's a guy who knows the defense well, who already has that uh, veteran vibe, despite not being an older guy or, or not being as, as, as old as Hyde, Poyer, and Fred Davis White. Dane Jackson already is more like a veteran than a, a young guy nowadays. In, even in, in Sean McDermott's and, and the coach's eyes. So, uh, but why is Kyrie Elan so important? Why he must step up in 2023 so the Bills can achieve their goals? Because uh, the, his, his skill set is unique, all right? And we have no guarantees that Trey Davis White can come back to that all-pro level, despite... The news being really positive about him during mini camps, during OTAs. He seems healthy. He seems uh, really uh, in shape and working hard. But to be fair, uh, I never saw uh, Trey Davis White as a shutdown cornerback, like a guy who can play man-to-man -man defense, man-up press, and shut down opposing wide receivers, especially the most physical ones and and the biggest ones. So. He's really great. He, he's smart. He plays great in the Bills' schemes, especially zone defense. He can have some dominant games here and there, but he isn't really a shutdown quarterback style, Darrell Reeves' style, or, or even Stephon Gilmore in his prime style. And now coming back, getting older, coming back from a difficult injury, I think he can play really well, but he's not this kind of guy. I think Kyrie Elon can be this kind of guy, okay? Kyrie Elon can run with everybody. He's long, he's athletic, he can play press coverage. And it seems that the Bills have, uh, they have put him in a competition so he can get better, work harder. Uh, Brandon Bean interviews are about Kyrie, are always about uh, practicing better, improving during practice. And so... It seems like Dan Jackson and, and Christian Benford are really workaholic guys and they work really hard in practice and film room and they probably want to see the same from Kyrie Elam. So 
uh, we hope it can happen and we hope uh, Kyrie Elan really can win this competition for cornerback two spot because nobody else, Christian Benford, Dan Jackson, those guys aren't going to be cornerback one material. They aren't going to play better than Travis White, for example, or they're not going to, they aren't going to be uh, as dominant as Kyrie Elan can be. So that's uh, why I have Kyrie in this list uh, in the seventh place, because if he really wins the job and he really reaches his potential, uh, even if Davis White never recovers, never fully recovers uh, to his uh, play, to come back to playing at his best ever level, uh, you can have another cornerback one in Kyrie Elan and you can shut down people with Kyrie Elan and, and let Trey play uh, in a different role. So uh, it's going to be really important. Uh, I don't see for no in the league who can run with Tariq Hill in the, in the league. Nobody can. But what we saw from Kyrie in the last game against the Dolphins during that playoffs run uh, was really impressive. And I don't see nobody else being able to to stick to a guy like Tariq Hill uh, and do a job like uh, Kyrie did in the last playoffs. Uh, even prime Travis White would be would be in trouble doing so. So I think really Kyrie can add a different skill set, a different level of athleticism and 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 length and potential playing man to man, manning up and 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 running with people. So uh, Kyrie Lund, number seven, really important to this defense backfield to take the next step. Uh, I hope he can win his his job as cornerback two and establish himself in his second season as a prime uh, young cornerback in the league. Next on the list, number six, the sixth uh, most important bill to in 2023 to step up in 2023 and and, and elevate the bills level. Uh, Edge Greg Rousseau. That's a guy who's being underrated, in my opinion, because when he was drafted, we talked about Rousseau like a guy with untapped potential and a boom or bust prospect and a guy who could be flashy or could be a huge bust. And and it never happened. Uh, Greg Rousseau actually became a pretty dependable guy, a pretty solid guy, and but he hasn't been dominant as a pass rusher uh and on the in the other hand he has been awesome against the run and you really could count on greg rousseau from week to week uh delivering the same level of consistency and good level of play um he's been a good starter in this league he's been really good against the run and it looked like he was coming around and getting better as a pass rusher last season until he hurt himself. He, he had that injury and he played through that injury, but it really limited him as a pass rusher. I'm curious to see Greg this year healthy again and if he can really uh, take the next step and become a more, a more dangerous rusher because that could really also unlock a different level of uh, defensive line play for the Bills. Uh, it's especially important this season because we have Von Miller coming back from a difficult uh, injury and a surgery. And even though 
Von Miller is a different animal and is a total beast, he's not getting any younger and he's coming from a difficult injury that might take some time to to really get comfortable again and 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 get back at playing at his best. All again, just like Travis White, all the news regarding Von Miller are great so far. Uh, in his last interview, he has said about uh, he's now making the transition back to the lead pass rusher instead of uh, workout warrior. So it seems that that his knee is recovered. It seems that he's focusing on getting back in football shape and and being able to do his best. And we really don't need Von Miller week one at his best. We need him at his best when it matters the most. So Leonard Floyd eases his way back to the lineup. And and when we have Vaughn and Floyd and Greg, we have a nice rotation, but we have also an interesting group to play on key, on, on clear down, clear passing downs, right? Uh, so you can easily move Greg Rousseau inside, uh, just like uh, he was used in, at Miami, rushing from inside, from defensive tackle positions. He can play that role and rush from, from inside, you can move on around. You can move Leonard Floyd around. So, Sean McDermott can get really creative with those guys plus Ed Oliver. So, uh, if Greg Rousseau can step up his game a notch and he can become a, a, a more consistent and dominant pass rusher just as he's a, a run defender, this Bills defensive line can take the next step and can really make things difficult for opposing quarterbacks. So, uh Greg Rousseau, number sixth on the list. Uh, if you reach another level with Leonard Floyd, with Von Miller back, look out. This pass rush can be really dangerous and, and Greg Rousseau can really become a, a, a marquee name in, in this league still as a young player too, just like Kairina. Let me know during the, uh, via comment sections, via YouTube comment sections, via chat online if you agree disagree with my list so far your opinions, write your list. It's going to be a pleasure to, to interact with you. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. So, number five on the list, the fifth most important bill 
uh, into 2023. Maybe not the most important because we have the guys coming uh, from other teams, coming via draft, also as important piece. But from the Bills roster, from last season, who are the seven most important guys who must step up in 2023 so the Bills can be successful? Number fifth on the list, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle. Uh, a kind of a Greg Rousseau partner, right? And another defensive player. So far, three defensive players on my list. Seventh, Kyle Elam. Sixth, Greg Rousseau. Fifth, Ed Oliver. So, Ed Oliver was uh, a guy who most of Bill's Mafia uh, had on the, their trading block, right? During the offseason and expected maybe to be moved. Uh, during draft season and during the the Andre Hopkins speculation period, especially, and obviously be, before he got released from from the Cardinals, uh, Ed Oliver is in his fifth year of his rookie contract, so a 10 million cap hit. That was the situation before the extension, right? And the Bills cleared the cap space, adding. Uh, actually resigning uh and oliver and adding the space to add leonard floyd as a reinforcement to this defensive line so the move was interesting but ed oliver is locked for uh four more years the bills have some outs of his deal but for the best uh scenario possible for everybody involved the bills and the player um uh, he must play well in 2023 the bills need him uh, one of the the advantages of keeping Ed Oliver, even even with that $10 million tag, uh, was about expecting Ed to try to play even better in his contract year, right? The Bills won't have this kind of um, motivation from Ed anymore, but Ed has been on record about wanting to to overplay, to play better than his new contract, to to really show that not only he deserves this money that he got, but he deserves even more in the next opportunity he has to negotiate. So it's good to see Ed Oliver uh, really focusing and, and uh, on playing better this season instead of getting comfortable with the new payday. And the Bills really need him. Uh, I think Coming from the Bengals game, one, one of the things that nobody talks about enough since uh, it's all about Stefan Diggs being frustrated with the offense with Josh Allen and, and it's being all the talk from the offseason, but nobody has talked enough about how, how much uh, this defensive line really underachieved on that game. Uh, like they faced a backup offensive lineman from from the Bengals, they faced a huge opportunity to dominate on that game. And without the, uh, without Von Miller and without Daquan Jones, they couldn't. They simply were invisible. They couldn't win consistently. They never could impact Joe Burrows with him and that Bengals offense with him. So, and Ed Oliver was part of that really depressive game from this, the Bills' defensive line. Uh, he can't play this way. Uh, being way direct to the point, Ed Oliver must play better than that in 2023 if the Bills uh, want to compete and win it all. They must have 
better performances from their defensive line, and it includes Greg Rousseau, obviously, as I mentioned. Uh, it includes, obviously, having Daquan Jones back, having Paul Miller back, Leonard Floyd arriving, maybe Epeneza or Bastion, or even Shaq Lawson, the guy who can win the job and stays on the roster, uh, playing better. But Ed Oliver must be better, especially after this extension. He must dominate. We've seen flashes from Ed. He's, bring, he's, he's been pretty dominant here and there, especially when Von Miller was still playing. He could play well off Von Miller, so that's a good sign. And the Bills really need Ed taking advantage of, of um, single blocks, right? Von Miller is going to draw the double, the, the, the double blocks and... and uh, and also the new signings and Daquan Jones, who played really well last season. Uh, the double teams are, are going their way. So Ed Oliver must establish himself winning those one-on-one battles inside with his quickness, with his speed, and, and make people adjust. Make force people to pay more attention to him, to double him, and to give opportunities, more opportunities maybe to Vaughn, to Floyd, to the other guys outside. Um, so... I really hope Ed can play better. He can stay healthy all year long. He's undersized for his position. So it's tougher sometimes to live, uh, to survive for 18 weeks before the playoffs and being really healthy, being an undersized guy for a defensive tackle position, facing so much traffic inside in those big guards and centers. But Ed must be uh, dominant. Even if he's his uh, snap percentage goes a little bit down now that you have Daquan Jones, Puna Ford. You can make them uh, do the dirty job of of playing on on rundowns and and early downs, and you can maybe keep Ed, Ed Oliver uh, fresh for clear passing situations and and in a way that he can stay healthy all year long. It would be really positive for this Bills defense. The same can be said about Jordan Phillips in a lesser uh, degree, in a lesser level. But both of those guys are really dominant pass rushers when they are fresh and when they are health, healthy. So I hope Ed Oliver can stay this way and he can really uh, overplay his contract and impact the game in a different way this season. So that's why he's the fifth on my list uh, of so far, just defensive players. The number four in my list of the most important uh, bills for 2023, the guys who must step up so they can elevate the team's level of play, is another defensive player. And the last defensive player on the list, actually. And that guy is linebacker Terrell Bernard. I've been pretty vocal about Terrell Bernard since Edmunds left, or since Edmunds... Um, was uh, a possibility since the possibility of losing Edmonds actually I've been pretty high on Terrell Bernard I've been pretty vocal and supportive of Terrell Bernard getting his shot uh, a lot of people were like no no way Fernando no way Terrell Bernard wins the job he's too small he's only he's a Matt Milano position only guy he can play alongside Milano but since he got drafted I couldn't help myself of thinking that that was a guy who was drafted. Thinking about McDermott being thinking about the possibility of a life without Edmonds or life post Edmonds. Why? 
because even though his body type, his size, his style of play screams Matt Milano, uh, his mental makeup and all that was said about Terrell Bernard during, during his draft process and the pre-draft process, it all scream captain of the defense, all right? When Coach Aranda sold Bernard to McDermott as a leader of the defense, when you come back and look at the scouting reports from Bernard at Baylor and people saying, look, leader of the defense, look, leader of uh, the Baylor defensive side of the ball, communicator, uh, film junkie, um, hard worker, and, and green dot kind of guy. So all those kind of of sentence, all those kind of, of words were said about Terrell Bernard as a prospect. And when you hear all this kind of stuff, you think middle linebacker, captain of the defense. So it was really Tremaine Edmonds' role and not Matt Milano's role. There is a reason the Bills don't want to move Matt Milano to Edmonds' role. Bean has already said it, McDermott has already said it, that Milano won't play middle linebacker. Milano probably won't call the defensive, uh, the defense side of the ball, and and they really want the Mike linebacker to be a communicator, to set the defense, to to make the right calls, to have their teammates uh, well positioned. So uh, Terrell Bernard, the scouting report of Terrell Bernard, really. Uh, told us that that he was capable or he was supposed to be capable uh, of uh, taking over this role, this admin's role in the middle of the Bills defense. Obviously, there are questions about his size. Obviously, there are questions about um, his playing, uh, his on the, playing on the field, his playing level, because he hasn't played defense yet he played for one game and it was awful not only bernard's performance but the entire defense performance on that game against the jets so uh it's fair to be concerned or to to not trust Terrell bernard as a fan right now but when i look backwards and i look to the day the bills decided to make bernard a third round pick i look at that um coaching uh that scouting report and, and I look at what they are talking about uh, Dorian Williams this year, because all the talk about Dorian Williams applies to Terrell Bernard a year ago. People are forgetting that if Dorian Williams is the third pick, 91st overall this season, in the previous draft, Terrell Bernard was the third round pick, 89th overall, in a draft that was considered stronger at the linebacker position. So... I'm not knocking on Dorian Williams, who's a prospect that I really liked and I really wanted as a bill, even though during Mac draft season, you, you were supposed to get Dorian Williams later in the draft. Uh, mock drafts obviously are wrong all the time for a reason. So uh, people, are, uh, people were sleeping or overlooking Bernard for a long time now. But all that has been said about Dorian Williams this year could be applied to Bernard a year ago. So all that uh, Dorian Williams is being uh, prepared now or when he's going through right now, Bernard went through a year ago. He played, spe he played special teams. He played behind Milano, behind Edmonds. He learned the defense. He was there in the, in the meetings. 
He was there in the film room. So he was lear learning the defense. He, he wasn't drafted to play alongside Milano and Edmonds. He wasn't drafted to play uh, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the place of Edmonds or Milano when they were still there last season. No, he was prepared just in case uh, Edmonds would move on. And he moved on. And now we have Bernard supposed to be prepared to take over this job and play really well. So I joke around all the time about being the, the president of the Robert Bernard's fan club. And, but the truth, talking, really being, being serious about this, this subject, uh, my opinion is I really hope that Bernard can live up that scouting report, live up that all that hope that McDermott and Bean uh, they had on him when they decided to draft him. And so he can live up to that hype and he can really become a nice leader, a nice communicator. And and I hope they can, McDermott now at the command of this defense, he can make it work a double Milano linebacker pair, right? Because a lot of people uh, grew Edmonds fans last season. I really liked Edmonds before last season already, but if we come back one year ago, a lot of people had questions about Edmonds not playing up to his size, uh, not being a, a solid tackler for his size, uh, not being dominant, being used wrongly. People wanted him as an outside linebacker instead of middle linebacker. People wanted him more rushing the passer more. People had questions about Edmonds. And I think if you... We come back, um, even right now, if we make that, this question, I think a lot of people would rather have two Milanos. But if you come back two years ago, one year ago, and you make a, a poll about what do you prefer, having Edmonds and Milano, or if you, or if you could have Milano and a Milano clone, I think most of the people would, would have a, a Milano clone alongside Milano as a, the most intriguing possibility. And I think that when Bean had that interview in Chris Long's pod podcast and he talked about uh, Edmonds with all his size and it's difficult to be so agile at that size and, and how some mismatches uh, would be problematic for, for Edmonds because of his size. I don't think he wanted to throw Edmonds under the bus. I think all, no matter how good a player he is, uh, he will have his strong uh, points and his bad points, his weak links, right? And it's obviously that if you have two Milanos, two guys like Milano, you can make their they even more interchangeable. You can uh, hide more stuff from the opposing quarterbacks and offenses. You can try to confuse them more often. You can try to hide more who's blitzing, who's staying, who's covering, who's covering that middle of the field. When you had Edmonds and Milano, you knew that, okay, uh, it's a cover two, and Edmonds is this guy that is going to cover the deep middle and, and the same route because of his size, his length, his speed in the strike line, and Milano is the other guy being used underneath. I think now you you obviously miss the Edmonds' reach and, and, and his wingspan, his size, his, and his speed in the straight line. But you gain with this interchangeability between Milano and Bernard. All right. So why is he the fourth 
more uh, most important build in 2023 to step up from the guys who already were on the roster because i really believe if bernard and he isn't even guaranteed to be a starter despite despite all the news during this mini camp so these are about bernard making plays and and it seems like he's getting ahead on the competition and it seems more and more people are realizing that the bills really want bernard to win that job that they really want to put him in position to win that job because he was drafted in the third round he was prepared for that role and he had that background as a leader as a communicator um it isn't a lock that Daryl bernard is going to be the starter but if he isn't a starter you can consider that third round pick another failure just like we already can consider aj peneza and boogie bastion picks as a fail as failures by brandon bean and his scouting department because if you needed to sign von miller you already had greg rousseau drafted also and you needed to sign von miller and bring back Shaq lawson and now add leonard floyd man you failed your second round picks failed even if they 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 can play well during preseason they can impress and get back into the rotation and and surprise people but they aren't really confident that's gonna happen because otherwise they wouldn't make all that um gymnastics through add on their contract to add another pass rusher in, in leonard floyd so those guys are still young they can just like floyd who didn't work out for the bears and become a nice a, a nice pass rusher for the rams uh epeneza and bastion might become nice pass rushers and and hopefully still for the bills but maybe in another place in another team but we already can consider those picks failures by the by Bean and his scouting department just like Cody Ford was another failure so so a lot of failures in the second round and if the Bernard don't win if he doesn't win this job this year it's a total failure if you need to play Dorian Williams a rookie third rounder early in the season it's a total failure in the Terrell Bernard experiment. If Braylon Spector beats out Terrell Bernard, it's a total failure by the Terrell Bernard draft pick and, and experiment. If Klein or if Terrell Dodson, who don't those guys don't have the athletic ability as Bernard has to be that interchangeable piece with Milano, they are clear downgrades from Edmunds and, and they are clear guys that nobody on opposing offenses are gonna um are gonna uh be confused about oh who's playing which role between Dodson and Milano or Klein and Milano especially it's gonna be totally exposed which roles they are playing so they are inter uh, as interchangeable pieces as Bernard can be Dorian can be and even Spectre can be so if one of those guys end up starting it's a failure on Terrell Bernard experience so i really hope he can step up he can hold down that that job he can really become that that middle linebacker that leader of this defense because it would show that the bills hit on that third round pick it will move darren williams to a role that he can continue to be developed and grow and maybe be prepared to a life without milano in the future or be developed for a moment that you, you can thank god milano has been pretty healthy recently but he had his fair share of injuries in the past and and in case you need a player to play in milano's place 
for if he misses some time for for some reason, uh, Dorian can have time to be prepared for that role. So I hope Bernard can really uh, hold down that spot, can really uh, be the nice leader and communicator that he was supposed to be when he got drafted, and and can be a nice partner in crime to Matt Milano. If he can do that, the defense probably won't miss Edmonds as much as people are thinking they will. And if he fails and, and other people got to play in his place, uh, he's going to be a total failure and another failure in Brandon Bean's resume as a general manager drafting early in early rounds, like second and third rounds. So Bernard, the number four on the list. So far, Kai Elan, seventh. Greg Rousseau, sixth. Ed Oliver, fifth. Terrell Bernard, fourth on this list of Bills players coming back that must step up in 2023. What do you think, Bills Mafia? Let me know and hit that like button. Subscribe to Buffalo Rumble's channel. Uh, we appreciate all the help and, and we appreciate you taking your time. And please, let me know about your list and your opinions about my list, please. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Jorge Juan, Tony Ramos, saludos desde México, the best team, blue, red, white. Uh, saludos, Jorge. Thank you so much, man, for, I appreciate your, your taking your time and, and let me know about your list, about your list of the seven most important bills in, in 2023. I keep repeating it, but it's not my list, right? Like, obviously, not the seven most important bills, but the... The, the seven guys who must step up their games a notch so they can elevate the Bills to the next level and, and make them real Super Bowl contenders. So, I already uh, I already named four defenders and the top three in my list is all about offense. Again, I already shared my thoughts about defense importance and offensive side of the ball importance. And yes, defense... Defenses are still very important, but I think offenses win championships nowadays. It's not like the old, old saying about defenses winning championships. You must score and, and take advantage of the turnovers and the, the times your defense can get out of the field. So, um, number three on my list, the third build that must elevate his game and, and become a, a difference maker so the Bills can... Win it all in 2023. Running back James Cook. James Cook is the second year running back, second round pick. Um, has game breaking speed. Was supposed to be a, a, a total mismatch in the passing game, also. Was supposed to be able to line up as a wide receiver, also play as a running back, line up in the slot, be a total chess match piece. But we haven't seen it so far. 
he started slowly, slowly. He fumbled in his first ever NFL touch. He needed to learn the offense, earn his reps, and and it seems that the Bills, just like the Bills want to make Bernard the middle linebacker for now, even more, I think they want James Cook to become a, a real difference maker as a running back one. Uh, the Bills moved on from Mother Singletary and they brought in uh, Damian Harris, who's a nice, solid running back who, if healthy, he can be a nice number one when healthy, okay? A nice power back and uh, a solid number one. But if the Bills really want a true difference maker at the running back position, a guy who can uh, hit that home run here and there uh, and a guy who can take a check down from Josh and, and or a screen pass and t take it all the way. They need James Cook to be that guy. That's a guy who has that, that potential. I wouldn't put uh, Damon Harris on the on the Christian Benford and Dan Jackson um, tire, uh, tier right now. All right. I wouldn't put him in this tier. I think he would be a bit better in terms of potential. But the comparison, I think it's fair. The comparison is fair between James Cook being the, the Kylian of the running back room. He has a unique skill set. Uh, Nahim Hines can't be an every down guy. He is a, a role player. And even though Nahim Hines can make, can have some impact as a pass catching back, James Cook might be able to be the total package. And I'm not talking about the guy who needs third, uh, can have 30, 30 touches a game or run the ball 25 times a game. It's not necessary, especially in the kind of offense the Bills run. But if James Cook can become, can hit some home runs and can become a, a dangerous checkdown uh, weapon for Josh Allen and, and can consistently gain some yardage uh, between the tackles too, the Bills can can take a huge step forward in this offense that has struggled uh, at least to consistently run the ball. Yes, it's it's it goes through uh, Ken Dorsey choices of not uh, not falling in love with the passing game and and forgetting to run the ball, but it also falls down on James Cook being consistent. It was normal to have a learning curve as a rookie. But now, second season, the Bills really need James Cook to step up his game and to become a consistent threat from the backfield. It, it would help this, this offense tremendously. So, number three on the list, James Cook, second-year running back. Uh, number two on my list, second on my list of most mo uh, the guys who must step up in 2023, elevate their games to elevate the Bills. Right tackle is Spencer Brown. Look, uh, man, I would love to be uh, to 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 be loved as Spencer Brown is by being in McDermott and the Bills front office. Those guys have showed not just through words but through actions also a, a, a real a real love and a lot of confidence on Spencer Brown being able to to become more consistent, to take advantage of his awesome natural tools and establish himself as a dominant right tackle, as a nasty 
and and powerful right tackle. Uh, Spencer Brown really came from a small school. He didn't play much during COVID season at college and then was drafted as a third round and, and won the job midway through his rookie season and, and showed flashes. Really, uh, he really improved the offensive line when he got in that unit and showed real flashes of dominance, especially as a run blocker. Uh, he also possesses the length to be a, a, a pretty dependable, a pretty consistent uh, pass, block, uh, pass blocker at the right side of the, the line. But he just couldn't keep it up from his rookie year. He dealt with a surgery, back problems and a surgery for a young guy and a big guy. Uh, this is a, the kind of nightmare that nobody want to go through. And he went through that. He lost his first true NFL uh, offseason of last year. He couldn't work with the surgery and the work to get back on shape and, and be prepared for the season. He couldn't really focus on improving and developing during up, during up season. And the result was tough last season, right? We saw... Uh, Second-year player is struggling, and and I really believe he played even uh, worse than in his rookie year. In his rookie year, he was more, um, he showed more flashes. I think last season was really difficult. He really struggled, and but fortunately, he at least was able to stay healthy. And now uh, he just had his first real NFL offseason, right? So he's still young. He he had a nice offseason of work. He's healthy. He uh, Here I am talking about a guy winning a home run derby in a softball, softball game, right? But he showed he's healthy. He showed he's ready to work. And nobody said many things about him. Obviously, no pads on so far with minicamps, OTAs, but... Um, it's not bad when nobody's talking much about offensive linemen. So uh, I think all eyes will be on Spencer Brown during training camps. The Bills didn't really bring competition. They haven't brought competition to to Spencer Brown. Uh, they brought in Kissenberry. They come Kissenberry's back, and now Brandon Shell with a lot of incentives on his contract. Uh, that's really a, a fallback plan, and just in case. Spencer Brown totally struggles and, and suck really bad. But if he can play at the minimal level of consistency, we won't see uh, Brandon Shell playing as a starting right tackle for the Bills. So my hopes, that's why he's so high on my list, because the Bills really need him to, to step up and to become that guy that being McDermott and all the Bills front office. Uh, envision him to be. He really needs to become that guy to to let Josh Allen consistently work on uh, through his reads and to make the offense really work with the running game, the passing game. So that right side was a huge problem last season, thanks to Spencer Brown's struggles. But this year, a healthy Spencer Brown with a nice off season, I hope he can really uh, step up his game and and become uh solidify right his place as a right tackle of the present and the future for the bills so 
That's why he's so high on my list. And he's in number one just because I believe you can get around Spencer Brown struggling a little bit easier than the next guy on my list because you always can keep Knox or keep a tight end to help Spencer Brown, keep the running back to, to help him. And so there are ways to, to minimize Spencer Brown's struggles, things that the Bills have uh, done recently in the recent season, so you could minimize uh, his bad play. The same can't be said about the next, side, next guy on my list. Number one, the most important guy, uh, the guy who really must step up next season so the Bills can take the next step. They can beat the Bengals, the Chiefs, or every other opponent in the FC, get to the Super Bowl and win it all. This guy is wide receiver Gabriel Davis. Uh, I think from the guys who the Bills have coming back to the roster, no doubt in my mind he's the guy who must step up and, and become a, a, a better contributor that he has been. I'm not out there saying Gabe Davis is awful. Or I'm not out there putting him first overall in my list because I don't like the guy or hate the guy or things like that. No. I just believe that the Bills really have an elite quarterback and an elite number one wide receiver. And I believe the success early in the season uh, really happened because people were afraid of Gabriel Davis since he had that huge game against the Chiefs two years ago. Uh, and... And it gave Diggs space to work, right? And with the season coming along last year and Gabe Davis, after, especially after injuring his ankle and playing through it, but it really impacted the way he run routes, the way he could come out of his breaks, be explosive, separate. So it was really problematic for Gabe Davis. And there was a, a reason that uh, Ken Dorsey started to use Gabe Davis almost exclusively as a, a deep threat guy and, and running only deep routes, uh, the post, the corners, the fly routes, and the comebacks. And Gabe Davis wasn't even as, as successful running those crew and, and comeback routes as he was in the past. I believe thanks to that uh, injured ankle. So, uh, with Davis healthy again and having a nice offseason uh, of work and working hard, that's a hard worker guy. I hope he can really get back to that level that we saw against the Chiefs on that 13 seconds game and, and early last season against the Rams and against other few teams, Titans, early that season. Because that was a guy with real, real potential to be a good number two. Uh, the Gabe Davis that we saw late last season, that's not number two material, not top-notch number two material, in my opinion, unfortunately. And there was a reason that he only had success on, on deep routes and he was used on such a, a difficult way to be productive and consistent. Because if you are only catching uh, deep bombs, deep throws, Obviously, it's going to be more difficult to, cap, uh, to keep that catch percentage high. And the Bills need more, right? The Bills need more. We saw that teams started to not fear Gabe as the season went along last year. Uh, if it was because of the ankle or not, we'll see this year. But teams started to look at him and be like, 
you know what? Let's see if he, this guy can beat us and let's double and let's bracket Diggs all the time. And teams started to send a lot of attention to Diggs and, and, and really um, make the Bills beat them with other guys. And Gabe Davis couldn't, Dawson Knox couldn't consistently, Shakir was a rookie and few opportunities couldn't, McKenzie struggled a lot. There is a reason they moved on on him. So uh, it became real difficult. And, and with Stefan Diggs watching this, seeing this, and, and nobody else stepping up, obviously, even though he was doubled or in bracketed, he would want the ball because he knew he was the only guy capable of beating those defenses. And, and, and Josh as a quarterback and the decision maker, uh, obviously... He trusts his guys, and he has a trust in Gabe Davis. So he threw a lot of those people who want to put it on, on Dorsey all the time, about, oh, third down, third and short, and the Bills are throwing deep passes. But look, most of the time, those deep routes are just uh, clearing the, the, the intermediate and short routes, right? It's a clear, a go route sometimes is just clearing the space for, for a corner, a, a drag route, a flat route. Uh, etc. So, Josh isn't uh, obligated or even supposed to throw that route, but he goes there because he sees Gabe Davis one on one, and he puts the he can put the ball on the money. He will go there. We know that he, that's a guy who's really aggressive, right? So he trusts Gabe, and he put the ball in Gabe's hands on uh, hands on several times like this, and unfortunately Gabe dropped it or couldn't make the play on the ball or beat the, the corner, allowed the corner to make good plays. So we need Gabe Davis to step up and make those plays, hold on those balls, become a more uh, a more explosive guy again and a guy who can do more, not just be used as a deep threat and, and really punish people who let him go one-on-one against cornerback twos or threes. So... That's a guy who must step up, become a... a it's, I, I even don't think it's fair to expect Gabe Davis to beat the guy from the Kansas City Chiefs game uh, from two years ago, because that's number one material numbers, obviously. But he got to play closer to that level than to the level that he's been playing recently. So if he can step up his game and be a player closer to that Gabe Davis, I think the Bills... Have a solid group of wide receiver. You have your number one in Diggs, who's gonna uh, win most of the time, especially when not bracketed and co double teamed. You will have rookie Dalton Kincaid being able to get his opportunities one on one. You have Dawson Knox still being able to have a nice impact. You have the new guys coming in. Deontay Hardy is a guy who I'm really curious to see in this offense. So, uh, Shakir entering his second year is supposed to improve. So it opens up the entire offense. And that's the reason I wanted. And I still want the Andre Hopkins so bad. Because the Andre Hopkins guarantees you this kind of, of productivity, right? So that's why I really think getting Hopkins would be huge for this Bills offense. But the Bills and Bean haven't seen it this way, it seems, right? They have some they had some opportunities to add him. Uh they aren't um, sold or paying a lot of money to Hopkins and it's understandable but they really need Gabe Davis to step up and I hope he can do that and he can 
get back to uh, that nice level that he were he he was playing a year ago or around a year ago and and he can really improve this Bills offense all right guys so that's my list I really believe that if those guys step up their games play a little bit better at least uh, they can uh, they can climb a tier in their games right they can climb a tier in their games uh, the Bills should be very well positioned to 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 win it all this year I believe this Bills team is the best Bills team that Brandon Bean and McDermott have assembled, even with the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. But it goes through those guys uh, developing, getting better. Most of the guys on the list are really young, are still young, right? So we are talking about 25-year-old and younger in this list. So uh, those guys are supposed, most of them are early round picks, right? So those guys are supposed to be better too keep developing to be elevated a tier so i really hope that those guys can step up can elevate their games and can elevate the bills alongside uh their improvements and and make things easier to josh allen to stefan Diggs, to to von miller and to those guys that we know hayden poyer white guys that we know are gonna deliver milano those guys deliver week in and week out those guys are championship material players at their positions. We know that. We've seen that. So I hope those young guys can develop. They can step up. They can become the players they were drafted to be. And I really believe the Bills can win it all if it happens. So again, my list, seven guys who must step up in 2023 to make the Bills real contenders. Number seven, Kyrie Elam. Number six, Greg Rousseau. Number five, Ed Oliver. Number four, Terrell Bernard. Number three, James Cook. Number two, Spencer Brown. Number one, Gabe Davis. Okay, guys, that's my list. Let me know about your list. If you are listening via uh, Spotify, via podcast, if you are watching via YouTube, let me know your list. Write it out uh, in the YouTube comment section so we can uh, discuss uh, I have the the offensive guys in the in the first three positions because I really believe the offense must uh, be more consistent and dominant, and the defense plays a supportive role to the offense, not the opposite. I don't think the Bills defense is gonna lead the team to a Super Bowl, and the offense side is just play enough to get there. I really believe Josh Allen must lead that offense to beat their opponents and the defense is going to play a, a, a supportive role getting off the field when necessary but if you don't agree let me know it's going to be a pleasure to to talk and debate with you and to finish this episode of leading the charge i have one honorable honorable mention and that's guy is quarterback josh allen obviously all right uh it's difficult it's always difficult to put josh allen in a list like that because the guy has done so much, and I, I I understand the Bills fans that can't never say a bad thing about Josh, because I think I'm more on I'm way more on that side of the fan base than on the side. Can't even call it a side because I don't believe there is a side that wanna uh, put more stuff on Josh Allen's shoulders. 
Uh, we've seen a guy come from draft day and nobody believing him, including me. And that guy could could really show us what he's all about. Always working hard, always focusing on what he could do and not on what was being said about him. Never say bad things to the media. Never throw teammates under the bus. Ah, oh, Fernando, he yells at his teammates sometimes. Yes, he yells like, let's go, let's get better, got to get better. But when he's interviewed, he's always all about, I got to do this better. Oh, you don't need, Dorsey should call something different. I got to be better. Oh, you don't think your wide receivers are dropping or not separating. I got to throw it better. I got to play better. Oh, you don't know. You don't think your defense should help the ball 14, 13 seconds left? No, I gotta be better. He's always uh, claiming all the responsibility and and supporting his teammates. That's why his teammates love him, because that's a guy who he is the franchise. He's the franchise quarterback. He's the face of the team. Heck, he's the face of the NFL nowadays with the Madden cover. But he understands that uh, just like when the Bills finally win it all. People are going to crown Josh Allen. Not until the, this day arrives, he he can take all the blame to himself and keep his teammates clean. And, and he's like, look, Gabe, don't worry about your drops, about not separating. Go and work. I I have your back. Or Stefan Diggs, no matter what he's arguing about and, and, and wanting differently. When they're going to ask Josh about it, Josh is like, I got his back. So... Josh always do does the right things. And we saw him leading a team with no talent at all in his rookie year. And, and he was giving Cole Beasley, he was giving John Brown, and really uh, not just got better with those guys, but make those guys have their best seasons also. So we, we've seen Josh Allen do amazing stuff. We've seen he, he convert third in longs when, when nobody else would do that. And, and we've seen he outduel Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs when everybody's crowning Mahomes the next GOAT. So I have no doubts in my mind that Josh Allen has potential to be the best quarterback in the NFL, same tier as Mahomes, even better. He has done more with less. Uh, I've, I've, I haven't seen Josh throw as, much guy, as many guys, wide open guys as Mahomes has thrown. I haven't seen... He throw as many slants for five yards that guys take and, and turn it on 80-yard touchdowns. So I haven't seen Josh Allen have Andy Reid's offense at his disposal since his first snap in the NFL. Uh, I haven't seen he him playing behind a wall like the Chiefs built for Mahomes. So the, the list goes on. I have all the confidence in the world Josh Allen is capable of leading the Bills to the to the promised land, to the Super Bowl. But with that say, uh, we can't say that Josh Allen played great against the Bengals last playoffs or that he couldn't have played better or that he always have the best decisions in the world. So I really believe Josh is still, as, as, as impressive as it sounds, he still has uh, room to grow. All right, he still still has room to grow. So uh, Josh must take the next step on decision making, protecting the ball, 
and and especially taking what defenses give him. Uh, so a lot of those deep shots on third down conversions were Josh choices. And even though he put the ball where it was supposed to be, there were guys running free underneath and he simply ignored them or, or he became too greedy, wanted the big play. It's not always necessary, right? So Josh must uh, take the next step also uh, on his decision-making and, and, and leaving for another down because he's the kind of talent that can, can elevate everybody around him to a, a new tier. And obviously, if those guys from my list elevate their, their games, it's going to make Josh's life uh, easier, right? But it's not a guarantee. And I really believe Josh himself, if few adjustments, few uh, uh, more experience, better decision-making, uh, he can even play a better, avoid those bad stretches of two, three games where he throws interceptions and gets frustrated and seems like uh, out of rhythm. He can avoid that and, and, and in fact, win his first MVP and, in fact, lead the Bills to a, a first Super Bowl win. So that's why he's my honorable mention uh, in my list. What's your list, Bills Mafia? Let me know. Uh, it's going to be a pleasure to to discuss, to to see your list and to talk to you via chat, via comment section in YouTube. Uh, I'm closing today's Leading the Charge. Marcelo is here on the audience. Thank you so much. Uh, he just commented here. This is the year other, that other wide receivers or other weapons outside digs, mainly Davis, mainly Gabe Davis, uh, this is the year that they finally must step up and play better. It's going to be a, a decisive factor for the season. I totally agree, Marcel. That's why I have Gabe as number one on the list. That's it, Mafia. I really appreciate you taking the time. That's your leading the charge. I'll be back next Sunday, totally in Portuguese for Bills Mafia in, in, in Portuguese-speaking language, Brazil mainly, but also Latin America. And Jorge will be welcome in Portuguese, okay, Jorge? Unfortunately, Spanish is not my strength. But I'll be back next Sunday. And, and in English next Tuesday, every Tuesday, 5 p.m., leading the charge live via Buffer Rumblings. Thank you so much. Had a blast with you. See you next Tuesday in English next Sunday in Portuguese. Uh, thank you so much, Mafia. And go Bills. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.